Good morning, everybody. Let's pray first. Father God, I pray that the message today is helpful to those who may struggle with finding passionate prayer. Holy Spirit, rain down on us here today, and I pray that every woman will be touched exactly where they're at on their Christian journey. Help them, Lord, to find a passionate prayer life if they haven't already got one. Help them to understand that you love us so much. May it resonate deep in their hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Imagine you were diagnosed with a serious illness and the doctor told you that if you don't take your medication every night before you go to bed, you're going to be in trouble. You need that medication to function normally. You need that medication to keep living. Bit of a tough answer from the Lord. This is a hypothetical scenario, by the way. Would you remember to take that tablet every night before you went to bed? Who thinks they would, no matter what? Who thinks they would forget sometimes? It would be important, and you would need that to keep your body in a healthy and functioning manner. Well, as a Christian who has made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, prayer is as vital to our Christian relationship with God as that tablet is in the hypothetical scenario. Prayer is what creates a personal relationship between us and the creator of this world. Prayer is when our heart and God's heart have made a deep connection. Prayer is what delights God. He longs to talk to us. He longs for us to be intimate with him. Prayer is both conversation and encounter with God. We must grow in our relationship with God until we reach the place where we stand in total awe of him and his glory. The intimacy of finding his grace and the struggle swallowing the pride to ask for his help. All of these things can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. Prayer is finding our way from duty to delight. Let me say that again. Prayer is finding our way from duty to delight. Big journey. Very different. Doing it as a duty and delighting in prayer. That is the journey of prayer. Is your prayer life at the duty point or at the delight point? Our purpose is to glorify God, but not just that, it's to enjoy Him. He wants us to enjoy His company and His presence, and we can do that through prayer. If we take the time and provide the stillness 
to allow him to join us, that's when prayer will find delight for you. For me, it's a work in progress. I'm still practicing and I'm on the mixed journey of duty to delight. Prayer also leads to self-knowledge that is impossible to achieve any other way other than through prayer. He shows us things about ourselves that we may not have even realised. Prayer is also obedience to scripture. Knowing prayer is very different to experiencing prayer. Paul often prayed to his people in Ephesians and Colossians, Lord, I pray that these people may know you better. Do we ask God in our prayers to know him better? I never did. But when I read these verses, I thought, I'm going to add that to my prayer life. I want to know him better. He is our loving Father. We are the apple of his eye. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us deeply. He knows us intimately. So why wouldn't we want to know him at the same level? I do. I do want to know him at that level now. Doing this talk, I have to laugh, God's got a sense of humour. Prayer wasn't my strong point, and I get this message, I think, crikey. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. <laughs> I have found God at a new level when I pray now. I found that intimacy. I want to know my Father. So he's used this to teach me. I don't think you were the ones he wanted to teach. I think it was me. <laughs> oh, he wanted to let me drive to his way. <laughs> um, biblically, the heart is the control centre of our entire being. It holds our core commitments, our values, our deepest loves, our hopes, our feelings, our thinking, our behaviours. Holds everything in here. Ephesians 1.18 says to know him better is to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. To realise the truth of Jesus, listen to this carefully, means to have it penetrate and grip us so deeply that it changes us as a whole person. Deep down in here, not here, here. In other words, we may know that God is holy, but when our heart's eyes are enlightened to the truth about Jesus and the sacrificial gift he has given on dying and suffering on that cross for you and me. Knowing he was whipped 
he was spat on, he was mocked, he was stoned, he was pierced in the side after he died. Blood and water poured out. That is the God who sent his son to save us. Jesus lost his relationship temporarily with God as Father so that we could have a relationship with the Father. Jesus was forgotten so that we could be remembered till eternity. Now I'm going to wipe again. <laughs> Jesus Christ bore all the eternal punishment that our sins deserve. That's what it took so that we can have intimate prayer with the creator of this world. Wow, I get it now. Jesus paid the price so that God could be our ultimate saviour. He's our loving father. Until we get the awesomeness and depth of this amazing gift, Deep in our souls, deep in our being, deep in our minds, and be humbled and grateful. We might struggle to find passion to pray and strive to take hold of God. In Matthew 6 5 6, Jesus says the infallible test of spiritual integrity is your private prayer life. Prayer tunes your heart to God's heart. Wow, again, God's heart and my heart. It is a sin against his glory not to pray. For a Christian, that is. Samuel says, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Again, we see that prayer is a recognition of the greatness of God. The way to find passionate prayer means dependence on the grace of Jesus as a refuge from our own sin. We cannot go into God's presence unless we are dependent on Christ's forgiveness and righteousness. When we pray for forgiveness on the basis of the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, grace and mercy come flowing down even as the spear in his side brought blood and, blood and water gushing out. Prayer is a refuge. It changes circumstances. It fills our souls. It is a form of worship to our Lord. It unites us with God himself. What a joy. This is the form of delight and not just duty. Bearing God's image means that we are designed to reflect and relate to God. Think of prayer in a whole new way using some of these examples. The Bible speaks of our relationship with God 
as knowing God and being known. We know him. He knows us. It's from Galatians 4.9. The goal is not just the sharing of ideas, but also of ourselves that can produce a dynamic prayer life. We have to give of ourselves as well. Knowing God is a matter of personal dealing. Knowing God is more than knowing about him. It is a matter of dealing with him as he opens up to you and you open up to him. Friends open up to each other by what they say and do. They share their problems. They share their conflicts. They share their joys. We talk to our friends and love our friends. We talk to them. We have a relationship. That's what God wants. He wants the same. Prayer is the way to sense and access our Father's love and to experience the calm and strength in one's life that results from such assurance of being loved and ultimately cared for. When we grasp his astonishing, costly sacrifice, we transfer our trust and hopes from the things of this earth to Christ himself. I'd love to share a personal testimony of mine. I call it my brave prayer. My first husband left me for another woman. Painful. A few years later I started dating another man in my late 30s, five years after my divorce. We had a great time, we had a wonderful relationship, we had a lot of fun, my kids liked him. I had recently returned after my divorce to walking with the Lord. I'd left after many years, decided to come back. I'm going to church and I'm never leaving again, I told my first husband. But I was on a steep learning curve with the Lord. I was like a sponge. I couldn't get enough at church. I went to three Bible studies a week. I read a Christian book at least once a month. I was on fire with my faith. We talked about marriage and we both wanted to be together forever. So I sold my house. We put a deposit on an acre block of land in Camden. We're going to live in his house after the wedding till the new home was built. And then we'll plan to sell his property. We would have had a beautiful home on an acre block of land with a $100,000 mortgage between us. Life was good. Sounded like a plan, not a big mortgage. But a couple of weeks before the wedding, I was in my quiet time with the Lord and I said, Lord, thank you so much for bringing this man into my life. But Lord, I know that you want me to be within your will. I'm going to pray a brave prayer, Lord. If this man isn't the man for me and you don't want me to marry him, you've still got a week left. But I know you're not going to do that, Lord, because I have prayed this before and it's been three and a half years and nothing's happened, so no, I'm all good. Put God in a box. Anyway, I came home exactly a week. It was a Friday. The wedding was on the following Saturday. He'd been crying. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's happening? Talk to me. He said, I don't know. All I know is I can't marry you. 
and why is that? I don't know. I've just got this feeling of anxiety. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's doing it. But all I know is the wedding's off. So no house. No love. And then the next week I got made redundant in my real estate career in Camden. Lost my job. I was devastated. Broken hearted was an understatement. I had to hang on to God with everything I had. The kids were affected because they were quite fond of him. My world turned upside down. Lost the deposit for the land because we couldn't go ahead and buy it. So financially put me backwards. I learned a major lesson through this. God answers prayer. If you want to pray and mean it, you have to expect that if it isn't within God's will, he will close the door. God took my life in a whole new direction after this. I know that it was for the best, obviously, because God said so. And why do I know that it was for the best? Because God's ways are higher than mine. I know that he wants the very best for me and he protected me, obviously, from some kind of mistake. We must pray whether we like it or not. This is a balancing truth that prayer is a duty to delight for a Christian. Regardless of feeling, and yet we should, do everything we can to engage our hearts in that prayer because it's lifting our heart to God. Now that's where God did answer a prayer. Now I'm going to tell you about a personal scenario where God hasn't answered a prayer yet. After my divorce, my husband tried to make the children dislike me and not want anything to do, to do with me. My girls didn't allow that to happen, I'm close to them now, but my son left with his father and has not spoken to me for 22 years. I cried so many tears I could feel a swimming pool for that boy. But my prayer now is, and has been for quite a while, that's another brave prayer, Father, do whatever it takes to bring that boy to his knees in full repentance and brokenness in front of you to save him. Please save him, Lord. Been many years and that prayer hasn't been answered yet. But it's a work in progress and I know God is working on it. And I trust God. He loves him more than I love him and he's my son. So not all our prayers get answered. But God's business is God's business and he knows why. The person mightn't be open to it. It might be a tough role that God has to continue working. But we know that we can trust God's outcome because he knows the best. One of the purposes of prayer is to bring our hearts to trust in the wisdom, in his wisdom, not our own. It is to say, here's what I need, Lord, but you know best. 
It is to leave all our needs and desires in his hands in a way that is possible only through prayer. That transaction brings a comfort and rest that nothing else can bring. We are to pray with confidence and hope, but with true humility. Don't be afraid to ask for the wrong things, because God's wisdom will override all of that, as he has done with my two brave prayers. You may get many answers, you may not get any. Or the answer might be not what you want, or it might be what you want. Does it matter anyway? Because if Jesus is the Lord of our life, and he wants the very best for us, it doesn't really matter what happens in our life, because it is the very best for us, or to teach us a lesson, or to grow us, or to get us closer to God. We have to trust him that much. Because he does want the best for us. And the other reason, he has a purpose for us. He will use our circumstances to bring about his purpose for each and every child. When we end our prayers in Jesus' name, Amen, have you ever thought about what that means? We do it all the time. Well, I kind of wanted to research that a bit. And theologian Timothy Keller <clears throat> says that to come to God in prayer consciously trusting in Christ for our salvation in Jesus' name, his acceptance and not relying on our own credibility or record. It is to reground our relationship with God in the saving work of Jesus when we say it over and over again, in Jesus' name, amen, in Jesus' name, amen. It's pointing that it's Jesus' work, not our work. It is constantly praising and glorifying him at the end of our prayers. It also means to recognise your status as a child of God, regardless of your inner state in your heart. God our Father is committed to his children's good as any father would be. There are two ways of understanding prayer. One is when we hear that still small voice in our hearts. The other is to understand that God speaks through his word, through scripture. The spirit convicts us. Sometimes we have light bulb moments when we're reading the Bible. And they're awesome. So there's those two ways that God speaks to us. And he'll often confirm it through someone else too. Prayer is a balanced combination of praise, confession, thanks and petition. Prayer is accepting weakness and dependence on Jesus. Prayer brings new perspective because it puts God back into the big picture. Prayer brings strength and union with God. Prayer seeks a heart sense of the presence and awe of God. And prayer is surrender of our whole life in love to God. We must not settle for an informed mind without an engaged heart or we will never find passion in our prayer life. If we want freedom from fear, greed, lust, addictions, inner emptiness, 
We must learn how to meditate on Christ and be in his word until his glory breaks deep into our souls. When we are finished praying, it's always a blessing for me to just sit still, just be quiet, just sit in his presence. While we do this, if we run out of words, to sit in his presence is just as important to him. Turn the TVs, the computers, the screens off and just sit and enjoy his presence. He can renew our mind when we're in this state. He can heal us when we're in this state. He deserves it. Why and who are we to deprive him of our time? Have we thought about it that way? How dare we deprive him of our time in prayer after what he's done for us? It's important to praise God in our prayers. Praise has the power to heal and create inner spiritual health. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done, while praise is adoring God for who he is. If you forget the costliness of sin, your prayers of confession and repentance will be shallow and trivial. They will neither honour God nor change your life. We must be inwardly grieved and appalled enough by our sin that it loses its hold over us so that we change our sinful habits. It's got to affect us. We've got to feel bad about it. We've got to be really sorry before it can really change us and make us conscious of not going over and over and doing that, making that sin again. But what do we do when we find it hard to pray? When life is difficult and we are struggling to find the words. Life is just too overwhelming. May I suggest putting on some praise music and just sitting there with your eyes closed and spending time with God. Just pray, Lord, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. I've come to spend time with you. Holy Spirit, intercede for me. There are seasons in life when we find it easy to pray and other times when we find it hard to pray. And I think that's a journey for all of us. We're not on our own when we're in that state. Another idea is journaling. Make a list of your prayers and look back on them and tick the prayers off that have been answered. That is really powerful because it just urges you to keep praying when you've seen how many prayers are answered. Spoil yourself by soaking in a bath. Ask God to come and spend time with you. It might be in your daily walks when you're walking your dogs. It could be as you work and weed the garden. Praise God for his beautiful creation. God will be happy to receive all these little prayers as well as the big ones. It takes practice and discipline. And if you put God first and give him quality time, your prayer life will change and it will go from duty to delight. You will enjoy God. You will know God. You will experience God. And you'll want to do it over and over and never stop. You'll never go backwards again to just the duty style of prayer.
I hope that each of you finds that intimate, beautiful, delightful prayer that you can have between God and you if you haven't already found it. We need to reach the delight of our heart to be with our Saviour, our Lord and our Jesus. Let's pray. Bless us, Heavenly Father. Forgive our erring ways. Grant us strength to serve you. Put purpose in our days. Give us understanding enough to make us kind so we may judge all people with our hearts and not our minds. Teach us to be patient in everything we do, content to trust your wisdom and to follow after you. Help us when we falter and hear us when we pray. Receive us in your kingdom to dwell with you someday. In Jesus' name, Amen.